Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. I'm invoking what they call the Defense Production Act to make safe, healthy infant formula here at home. To get the extra cash to pay for gas. At some point, we're going to hit 10 bucks. The Biden administration and Senate Democrats go soft on crime. Shooting on campus. COVID's over. Daily average of cases and increase nationally. We know hurricanes are coming our way. Storms are going to be more intense. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, got a good program signed up. Signed up for you, lined up for you. We'll sign you up too. Uh, we've got some political trivia. We've got Jim Carafano with the Heritage Foundation is going to be joining us in about 45 minutes. And we're going to be talking about the Ukraine package with the Senate passed today. And we're thinking that Joe will sign it either today or tomorrow which will send $40 billion over. Now, uh, Jim Carafano, who uh, we've been very impressed with some of his writings, is, well, he, he calls it a bloated house, $40 billion Ukraine package that puts Americans last. <laughs> that pretty much sums up what he feels about it, and we'll talk to him about that. We've got political trivia. Uh, lots to talk about, and uh, actually, we're probably going to play political trivia a little earlier than we usually play, just because uh, we've got Jim lined up for about uh, 5.45, The College Fix has got an interesting article out on uh, UNC Chapel Hill and their School of Journalism. They have been denied full accreditation for lacking racial diversity. The National Journalism Accreditation Organization has denied the Hussman School of Journalism and Media at Chapel Hill full accreditation because the school has fallen short on measures meant to promote racial diversity. Now, please note, they say it's racial diversity. Note that because later in this uh, story, you're going to find out uh, it's a little bit more than racial diversity. The accrediting council reviews schools every six years in a vote taken April 29th. The accrediting, accrediting council on education in, uh, in journalism and mass communication did not grant Chapel Hill the, the six-year uh, AOK. They only gave them a two-year provisional AOK. The council's site team said the journalism school needs to continue to follow its diversity plan and initiatives in student and faculty retention and recruitment specifically. Uh, however, faculty listed on the journalism school website shows that of the four dozen or so professors in the school, it appears to be very diverse. Many are female and many are professors of color. Professors at the school are also required to undergo diversity training and undergrads are required to take diversity course to earn their diploma. I mean, this, this is just blatant. You have to go through the indoctrination. Mm -hmm. you, if you want to get, I mean, and it's blackmail. You want to get your diploma? We've got to at least get, give us at least a chance to brainwash you. But according to its accreditation standard, the council requires a journalism school to have a written diversity plan for achieving an inclusive curriculum, a diverse faculty and student population, and a supportive climate for working and learning and for assessing progress toward achievement of the plan. So, so wait a minute here. So these libs want you to ask for the gender and the race of the people that they hire or the students they let in. <laughs> Last time I checked, that was illegal. 
Yeah, you know, we had discussions, uh, and we had a guest on uh, several months ago, uh, what, Marty Cotus, you know, right. he was, when he had proposed to basically not ask those questions, and of course, you know, all over the state, they yelling and calling him out a racist for that. Right. Um, but yeah. if you and I wanted to hire someone, and the first thing is, okay, what is your sex? What is your race? How old are you? I mean, all those are illegal questions. I, you know, I, I'm one. I, I believe in diversity, but diversity of experiences, life experiences, you know, geographic, especially with a public university like University of North Carolina. I mean, you know, they don't all need to be from Charlotte or New York City or Atlanta. It needs to be from all over the southeast and all over the country. But And it but, ought to have a higher priority for North Carolinians. Yeah, I, I think so, too, since we're, you know, subsidizing so, yeah, education. you think. But, but listen, listen but, to what they say. But to find that diversity, I just don't understand it. Oh, I'm going to get to find it for you. <laughs> Further, a school must have, quote, an understanding of issues and perspectives that are inclusive in terms of domestic concerns about gender, race, ethnicity, and sexual orientation, and must make effective efforts to recruit women and domestic minority faculty and professional staff and where feasible, recruit international faculty and professional staff. Um, it sounds to me like the uh, North Carolinians are getting the short end of the stick here. So first you say it's all about racial diversity. Then you go on and say, well, it's about sexual orientation and, and recruiting international faculty. Hendrik um, Kamensky, I don't think any relation to Mike Kamensky, called the council's action unexpected. Let us embrace our opportunity to continue to demonstrate unequivocally who we are and what we value. This requires efforts, responsibility, and accountability for every single one of us, she wrote. So it's all about who we are and what we value. So it's all about your liberal values. Now, the real reason, the real reason that they did not get the six-year AOK from this accrediting Council in Education in Journalism and Mass Communications. Here's the real reason. Last year, the journalism school was involved in a national controversy when it offered the New York Times writer of the 1619 Project, Nicole Hannah-Jones, who has no academic background, a five-year contract and a salary of $180,000 a year with an option for tenure when the contract was up. The recruitment of Hannah-Jones lasted a full year beginning in 2019. The real reason they did not get this accreditation is because Hannah Jones and her supporters felt disrespected that she was not offered tenure, which virtually offers a guarantee of a lifetime uh, protection contract. She cited viewpoint discrimination. Viewpoint discrimination. <laughs> what the heck is that? That means you don't agree with their liberal, yeah. progressive ideas. That's so what it means. So it's viewpoint discrimination. <laughs> Listen, if anybody has the ability to squawk about viewpoint discrimination, it is conservative Christian white guys. Exactly. Well, well here's a good question for whoever is promoting this racial diversity at UNC School of Journalism. Um, okay. I hear you out. How about Candace Owens? Would you hire Candace yeah, Owens? Yeah, yeah. No, because Candace Owens is not going to tote their progressive liberal BS that, that, that they want. They want racial diversity as long as you're toting <laughs> the progressive water form. Bingo. Ugh. So the Hussman School of Journalism and Media is named after Walter Hussman, who has given $25 million to the school. A little, nice little change. Yeah. yeah. He was the guy that said, whoa, wait a minute. You're going to hire 
this fiction writer of the 1690 Project. He said, look, my name is going to be attached to this woman. I don't want her. If you want to, if you want to hire someone, hire true historians like James McPherson or Gordon Wood. And he said, I don't want to be attached to this Nicole Hannah-Jones. And he wrote email after email to the uh, dean, Susan King, saying, look, I- I'm worried if Hannah-Jones was hired, my name is going to be attached to the 1619 Project, which is pure fiction. Mm-hmm. It's not worthy of a Pulitzer Prize. It's pure fiction. Well, you, you know, if we you recall, uh, we started talking about the 1619 Project well before it was in the mainstream oh, yeah. media on yeah. the show yeah. when we, we discovered it. And Nicole Hannah-Jones, I mean, you're, you're talking about one of the most racially divisive people in a, possibly in America. Oh, yeah. I mean, some of the things oh, yeah. that she has published in writing even before the 1619 Project was just absolutely uh, – I mean, you couldn't describe it any other way other than just pure race racism at its best i mean just just running down the white race it's it's amazing husband went on to say based on her own words many will conclude she's trying to push speaking of hannah jones she's trying to push an agenda and they will assume she is manipulating historical facts to support it bingo yeah (laughs) well said walter husband so there are currently 119 schools accredited by the Accrediting Council on Education in Journalism and Mass Communications. And I would say of those 119, you probably could eliminate 119 of them as being uh, credible. Because mm. I guarantee you the reason why they did not get the six-year accreditation was because of this Hannah Jones. Am I yep. speculating here? Yeah. Yep. I, I don't have any inside information, but it's pretty obvious I mean, Chapel Hill is, is, I mean, my gosh, when it comes to diversity in the weirdest sense of the word, they're right there at the top of the it, list. Yeah, it's not far from Berkeley, let's face it. No. I mean, it's, oh, it is, it it's is. not the UNC Chapel Hill of 30 years ago, far, by yeah, far. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, my grandparents were from Chapel Hill. I mean, when I was a little guy, we'd go there all summer, and, uh, you know, Chapel Hill was this quiet little college town. Uh, ain't that way anymore unbelievable but but here's another example of higher education i mean they they want diversity and ideas as long as it's limited to what they believe exactly plain and simple they 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 don't do not want higher education to be a place where people can go and have different opinions and right. and ideas they no. want one single no. thought and that's the progressive thought that's that's killing this country their definition of diversity is something far removed from what tradition looks like. And th- they want to get as far out on the limb in bizarro world as they possibly can. They want somebody that will go before Congress and say that, yes, a man can get pregnant. Well, did we, you hear that yesterday? I, I've got the audio. Stay with us. We'll play it right after this. Whatever it Not covering Brandon's heroics. This, uh, Brandon, she, what does he play? Well, Mr. President, they're not, um. Folks, let's hear it for Brandon. What a job he's doing. Let's go, Brandon. Now back to news and let's news go, on 96.3 and 103.7. 
<laughs> you just had to add that last part, didn't you, Clark? <laughs> uh, let's take a look at your weather forecast. It is uh, hot, but uh, I'm not going to complain because it took so long for the hot to get here. Uh, tonight, a few clouds, a stray shower, a thunderstorm is possible, a low around 68. Tomorrow, mostly clear and lots of sunshine with a high near 98. That's unreal. Wow. Yeah. Considering what we were just like 68 a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Saturday, sunshine, clouds mixed, a high near 95. And at night, the lows will be in the low 70s with uh, clear skies most of the time. It is uh, th- th- Now, this is a day that I could get excited about. Today is National Devil Food Cake Day. Hmm. My favorite. You take it with a la mode or just straight up? I'll take it any way I can get it. <laughs> and, and that is not often. Uh, weather and about, say that about a lot of things but, <laughs> but i digress weather brought to you by our friends at ironwood whether you are looking to spend your summer poolside courtside or greenside ironwood golf and country club offers a variety of memberships tailored to fit your lifestyle with no initiation fee required hey listen if you're headed to the beach pack your clubs because ironwood members receive reciprocal golf and dining privileges at the beaufort club in beaufort and Compass Point and Magnolia Greens located near Wilmington. So if you're a member of Ironwood, you're basically a member of those other three clubs. When you go to the beach, you got free golf coming up if you're a member of Ironwood. For more information, contact membership director Jenna Doyle. Her number is 252-752-4653. And join in the fun at Ironwood today. So what uh, Benny was referring to just before we went to break... There was a House Judiciary Committee hearing yesterday, and this is not a surprise they had this hearing. Consider liberal Nancy Pelosi, Queen Nancy, is in charge of the House. So the hearing was entitled Revoking Your Rights, the Ongoing Crisis in Abortion Care Access. And a member of that committee is North Carolina's own Dan Bishop. Dan was uh, talking uh, to one of the witnesses at this hearing that was called up by the Democrats. Her name is Amy Arabide. She is the director, executive director of Aval, Texas. And um, she claims in her testimony, by the way, that an abortion saved her life. And uh, she now declared to the community, uh, the committee that she uses the uh, pronouns she, her, which I guess is good because, I mean, most of these wackos use they, them, it, whatever. So she was asked by Representative Bishop in North Carolina, what is a woman? Cut two. What do you say a woman is? I believe that everyone can identify for themselves. Okay. Um, do, do you believe then that men can become pregnant and have abortions? Yes. Mm. Mm. <laughs> That's exactly mm. what I was thinking. Mm. Mm. Was that Dan Bishop? That, that was said Dan that? Bishop. Mm. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, these these are the wackos that are influencing our culture, our young people. Thank goodness for Dan Bishop, who is uh, asking these questions. You know, another guy that I've really come to admire is Representative Chip Roy out of Texas. Mm -hmm. He was also on this committee, and uh, he was asking one of the witnesses, a uh, 
Yashika Robinson, Dr. Yashika Robinson. She's an abortionist out of Alabama. And uh, he decided, okay, you want to have a hearing on the ongoing crisis in abortion care access. So he asked some very pointed, but I think reasonable questions concerning the abortion procedure of this Dr. Robinson. And uh, guess what? Uh, the, the real interesting aspect of her answer is what she refused to say. Cut one. I provide abortion care up until 20 weeks gestational age. Okay, so you performed an abortion at 20 weeks. Yes, sir. Uh, and the procedure for an abortion, when we're talking about at 20 weeks, as I understand it, is dilation and extraction. Have, have you performed abortions at that stage? And in, in doing so, have you had baby parts that you've had to discard or store in some capacity one of the things that you all have done Legs, throughout arms, this, throughout eyes. this hearing is just use inflammatory language inflammatory, no, it's a, no, it's a question ma'am, ma'am it's a simple question have you had human parts baby parts arms legs as a result of an abortion performed at the time you just acknowledged you performed abortions i am abortions a physician and a proud abortion provider there is okay. nothing that you can say yeah, yes or makes, no makes it difficult have, for me to talk about the care that i provide right. to so have patient. there been baby parts yes or no if you would like for me to talk and to where you have about where and how, how have they been stored abortion for patients who need so the answer to the question is fairly obvious age, I'm happy that there are baby parts and you don't want to talk about how they're being stored you don't want to talk about putting them in freezers. You don't want to put them in, talk about putting them in Pyrex dishes. You want to talk about the videos that we have from Planned Parenthood, Gulf Coast, and Houston, Texas. You don't want to talk about the reality the of what actually happened. has expired. And why won't she respond? Mm. Because she knows it's evil. Mm. She knows it's wrong. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I mean, and listen, we had Ralph Northam, the governor of Virginia, former governor of Virginia. Governor Blackface? Yeah. Mm. He came out on WTOB radio about 18 months ago and said, listen, let the baby be born on the table, the birthing table, and then you can decide whether you want it to live or not. I mean, that was the, his it, it, pretty, I'm, I'm not exaggerating what he said. That's, that's a fair um, uh, description of, of his words. That's probably when they weren't his exact words, but it's an accurate description so I mean, what 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 about uh, if, what about a mom who comes along and says, you know, I really can't I can't handle this one year old, or this this my child's got the terrible twos. Yeah, where does can it I, end? Yeah, can I put it out? What's the difference? Uh, it's it is it is unbelievable that she would not answer this question, and the idea that it's inflammatory language when you're talking about legs and arms of a baby. I mean, what's inflammatory about it? Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a fair straightforward question, and it's interesting. She gives the same response that you've heard some of these school boards around the country give when parents came in and want to read from the material that is available to the high school students. Yeah, they're reading off the same script. Well, they're Mm -hmm. they're reading the very same material that's available to the high school students, and the the board, the you know, the chairman of the school board says, "Oh, please don't read that. That's offensive." (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's the same thing here oh please don't please don't describe out loud what i do in private because it's offensive it's inflammatory she says well you're doing it lady yeah. but it's inflammatory you know i think it was yesterday that clark shared a, a 
social media meme with that that's Ben Carson's saying that uh, hey, if it's not a life, then why are we harvesting organs from that it? That was that was and, well and, said. And I actually think he said that. I think I remember him reading reading him say that in something within the last four or five years. I mean, that's a good point, you know. Let's lighten things up, shall we? Let's play a little political trivia. 561-8255. Got a good question for you and a great prize package. I think it'll go pretty quick. 252-561-8255. Political trivia when we get back. All right, welcome back in. It is time for political trivia. Your category, presidents with a unique unique distinctive. I'll get it out. 561-8255 if you want to join us. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Prize package includes a free oil change for your car or pickup at Dave Davis's East Carolina Chrysler Dodge Jeep or at Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. A gift certificate from Fit for Life 24, including two free training sessions with a fitness coach. A $20 gift card to Mucho Bueno for lunch or dinner. Mucho Bueno, real Mexican street food. Located in front of the Westbrook Shopping Center, U.S. 70 West in Havelock. A $20 gift card to Gwendy's Goodies Bakery in Aden. And an Ironwood gift certificate. Remember, if you or anyone in your immediate family have won recently, let 60 days pass before you play again. First up is Dustin from Vanceboro. Hey, Dustin. Hey, Dustin. Hey. You ready to play? I'll give it a shot. All right. Here you go. Here's your question. What unusual distinctive did Presidents George Washington, Andrew Jackson, Martin Van Buren, Zachary Taylor, Millard Fillmore, Abraham Lincoln, Andrew Johnson, Grover Cleveland, and Harry Truman all have in common that no other president can claim? Oh, God. They all lawyers? Um, no, there's a whole lot more that were lawyers. But <laughs> I, I, interestingly, though, you're 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 sort of leaning in uh, in a correct direction. I, I mean, very very general, but sort of leaning in a in a correct direction for the uh, the area that the answer is in. But good try. Give us a call back. Let's go to Mitch in Greenville. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. How you doing, Tom? I'm doing well. What unusual distinctive did Presidents George Washington, Andrew Jackson, Martin Van Buren, Zachary Taylor, Millard Fillmore, Abraham Lincoln, Andrew Johnson, Grover Cleveland, and Harry Truman all have in common that no other president can claim? This is a one in a million shot, but were they Masons? Um, You know, I know George Washington was a Mason, but uh, that is not the right answer. I don't think all of them were, but uh, a lot of them were in this, especially Mm -hmm. those early days. But uh, that is not the answer. Good, good guess, though. 561-8255. Let's go to Al in Greenville. Hey, Al. Hey, Al. Oh, we got, uh, he's gone. Who we got next? 561-8255. Again. No, they did not leave the White House broke. That oh. was uh, Benny's. Uh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> that was Benny's answer. Come on, man. 561-8255. Give us a call. Got some lines open right now. Apparently, I scared him off with this question. I'll give you, I'll tell you, the next caller, you get a hint. All right? 561-8255. What unusual distinctive 
Do Presidents George Washington, Andrew Jackson, Martin Van Buren, Zachary Taylor, Millard Fillmore, Abraham Lincoln, Andrew Johnson, Grover Cleveland, and Harry Truman all have in common that no other president can claim? 561-825. Let's go to, is it Hannah? Hey, Hannah. Hey, Hannah. Hi. What do you think? Oh, I got I to gotta give you a, I promised you a hint, okay? Here's your hint. By today's standards, it's unlikely that this distinctive would actually be an asset in helping a candidate get elected to the White House. So it was somewhat right. of a negative for them at the time. Hmm. Were they all homeschooled? No, they were not all homeschooled. But again, you are uh, in... It, it, it does deal with uh, academia, Okay. Five six one eight two five five. You've you've given a great hint to someone else. Hint. Five six one eight two five five. What unusual distinctives did George Washington, Andrew Jackson, Martin Van Buren, Zachary Taylor, Millard Forum, Fillmore, Abraham Lincoln, Andrew Johnson, Glover Cleveland, and Harry Truman all have in common? And we're going to who? Tom. Tom and Bellhaven. Tom and Bellhaven. Hey Tom. Hey guys, how you doing today? Yeah. Good. What do you think? Did you hear the question? Well, I didn't hear the hint. Oh, the first hint I gave was, uh, by today's standard, it's unlikely that this distinctive would be an asset in helping a candidate get elected to the White House. I'll give you another hint, though, because your name is Tom. That's a good name. Back when Grover Cleveland was president, approximately 98% of the general population had this in common with these nine presidents. Back when Grover oh Cleveland was president. Back when Grover Cleveland was president. So what was unique about... The only thing... Go ahead. Well, the only thing I came up with, but it, 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 I don't think it's right, I, I said false teeth. Say it again. False teeth. False teeth. <laughs> I think uh, Harry Truman had all his teeth. I just think. That was the... I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, anyway, that's not it. Five six one eight two five five. Thanks, Tom. Let's go to Josh. Hey, Josh. Hey, Josh. Hey, guys. Uh, I happen to know what it is, and it's because I had to research some of the other presidents. Uh, none of them graduated college. You got, you got it. it. Congratulations, Josh. That's it. None of those nine presidents ever attended nor graduated from college. But, hey, you can make it. Back then, you can. I mean, Harry Truman, what was he uh, back? Uh, of course, he... Uh, advanced when fdr died mm-hmm. but then he was re-elected after and he was that. pretty he was pretty one of the poorer presidents from yeah. what i understand yeah, yeah well even I, after i think it's funny that they got more done than a lot of the educated people that are in government right now bingo yep that was actually one of my hints we actually might be better off as a society today if we could go back to this where are you come calling from josh uh, that would be bad. All right, Josh in Bath, hang on the line, and Clark's going to get all your information, and we'll get you those uh, prizes in the mail right away. Thanks for calling. Thanks for everybody who played. Benny and I will be right back. beautiful day in this neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. First thing you should do after work. I turn on the radio. Check in with Tom and Benny. Gotta know what's happening in my city. What's going on in my backyard. Things that are happening locally. I like the local news. Things that I don't hear everywhere else. I don't hear everywhere else. For the local news you want. Kept me informed for all of the local stuff, you know. It let me know what was going on in the local community. Eastern Carolina's news source is news and views on Talk 96.3 at 103.7. 
Welcome back in. Congratulations to Josh Hardison of Bath, North Carolina. He knew that uh, George Washington, Andrew Jackson, Martin Van Buren, Zachary Taylor, Millard Fillmore, Ab- Abraham Lincoln, Andrew Johnson, Grover Cleveland, and Harry Truman, um, none of them attended or graduated from college. Now, what's interesting about this is I think all of them, except for maybe Harry Truman. Wasn't Harry Truman a teacher or something? I think he was, yeah. But I think the rest of them, well, I mean, he was a teacher, he didn't go to college, but a a lot of these guys were uh, attorneys. Mm -hmm. I I mean, Abraham Lincoln was an attorney. Well, and years ago, people from wealth were self-educated at home, and sometimes they were educated you know, better than what we get educated oh, yeah. now. Oh yeah. And, uh, oh yeah. Particularly people if they had anyone that's into ministry, because back in the you know two hundred years ago, ministers were educated. Sometimes the only educated people yes. really, and they yes. and they did a lot of teaching. So, President Biden's approval rating among Hispanic Americans has plummeted to twenty six percent, according to a new poll from Quinnipiac. Biden is less popular among Hispanics than any other demographic, including age and gender, according to the poll. It would be interesting if Biden will now want to shut down the border. <laughs> yeah, we got to plug up them holes at the border. Yeah. <laughs> now, young Americans and white men also have not good numbers for Cousin Eddie. Young Americans, uh, Joe's approval is 27%. White men, 29%. But the lowest is Hispanics, 26%. That is really interesting. And again, Harry, okay, there you go. One of our brilliant, we got the smartest listeners. Yeah, we have have some presidents that's been salesmen, but they hadn't been selling any shoes. They've been selling. But Harry Truman was, according to this listener, was a a shoe salesman. Okay. There you go. So anyway, uh, Cousin Eddie's uh, numbers are, are... Really, really, really going south. And, and I, I, I say that facetiously, but don't be surprised. I mean, I guarantee you, if these liberals were beginning to begin to be convinced that this is not good for their poll numbers, this is not good for their reelection chances, they'll be all over plugging up the border. Yeah, you know, it hadn't been so long ago when we had this conservative president named Barack Obama. They talked about... Uh, Huh? Talked about that we just can't, you know, let the border go uncontrolled. I mean, it's just it's funny how the Democrat Party has flipped overnight on this. Uh, another interesting poll out, a new uh, uh, Trafalgar poll taken May 6th through the 8th shows that 57, almost 58 percent of Americans believe abortion should be either illegal entirely or after a heartbeat is detected. Only 11.6% believe abortion should be legal at any point. Mm. That's interesting. That is interesting. So, again, I say that to say that while these Democrats seem to think they're on a winning cycle of allowing our open borders at the South, and listen, they're running hard. Right now they think that this abortion issue is going to be a, a big positive for them. Maybe not. But you notice the way they spin it. <clears throat> they don't really talk about abortion as much as they start talking about they frame it in women's rights, women's reproductive rights, right. women's right. health, and right. things such as that. They, they spin yeah. it oh, away yeah. from just oh, the, yeah. the abortion issue. Yeah, there's, there's nothing that happens by accident. Mm-hmm. 
President Joe Biden has applauded Congress for passing a $40 billion spending package, an aid package to Ukraine. The uh, Senate today passed the legislation, and according to everything we've read, uh, President Biden will be signing this soon. I don't know if that means today or tomorrow, but soon. There were 11 Republican senators that voted against the $40 billion total package. Mitch McConnell was quoted as saying, I think we all agree that most the, the, the most important thing going on in the world right now is the war in Ukraine. Well, Mitch, I don't think we all agree with that. I'm just going out on a limb here. James J. Carafano is a leading expert in national security and in foreign policy, and uh, he is with the Heritage Foundation. Jim, welcome to News and Views. Good to have you with us. Hey, uh, it, you know, it's great to be with you. You know, I, I do think assisting Ukraine in its defense is important because it, for us, it's not about the Ukraine. I mean, for Russia, Ukraine is the first step in destabilizing Western Europe, which is exactly what the Chinese want. The Chinese want a Europe that is distracted and divided and destabilized. And this, to them, is the, the beginning of a plan to isolate America and having a world without America. So contributing to the defense of Ukraine, I don't think is a problem. And honestly, I didn't think the 11 senators that voted against the bill, they don't think it's a problem. The concern, which I think is valid, is, is this the right spending package? Right. Was this really talk through? Is this the and two comments? One is one of the guys that works for me is one of the the world's most experienced guys in foreign assistance. He has been in some of the most violent, troubled parts of the world and tried to dole out foreign assistance to places like Iraq and Afghanistan. And he looked me in the eye and he said, "Jim, when you spend this much money, and I'm not talking about the defense spending, I'm talking about the non-defense spending." This much money, this fast, you're going to have massive fraud, waste, and abuse, I guarantee it. So what we're actually doing is we're not helping the Ukrainians. We're wasting American tax dollars. So that's the one thing. The other thing is, is I'm, in, I'm talking to you from Warsaw, um, where it's like midnight. But, you know, I'm, I'm sitting around with, with all kinds of Europeans from all over Europe. Nobody looks at this vote and says that, the, that, that, that this is about America supporting Ukraine or not. They say... Well, of course we think you're going to support you. They get that this is about domestic politics. And the reality is, is what this vote was about was about Congress not doing its job, not scrutinizing the bill, not allocating money efficiently, not being good stewards of the stacks uh, of, of tax dollars. It was not about let's try to defend America's interests by helping out Ukraine. And uh, so I and, uh, you know, I've gotten a lot of uh, attacks frankly, a lot of friends, like, you know, but people who know me know that, you know, I've been to Ukraine. I know Ukrainians. Um, I'd be the first person to say that these are people that are worthy of our help, and this is in our interest, but we are not going to help Ukrainians by bankrupting America. And every time Joe Biden sees a problem, he writes another check. And this is just unsustainable. Well, uh, and and I do want to let our listeners know that you wrote an article that appeared in the uh, Daily Signal, with which is the uh, publication that the Heritage Foundation puts out. It also appeared in Fox News. And I thought you made some great points in this article. Uh, and the, the first point was, listen, once again, we've got a bill that is just pushed at, at midnight to the Congress and they're expected to vote on it within hours without actually sifting through the bill. 
I absolutely do not believe that this was something that had to get done in a New York minute. Um, the, the, the argument that somehow there isn't time to really debate this because, you know, it's just too, I don't just, I just, I think that's just factually not true. It's particularly for the non-defense stuff. It's just not true. And when anybody in, in Washington tells you that this is something we have to do right away, that is code for there's something wrong with this bill. That <laughs> that's your sign, right? <laughs> well, indeed, you picked you, you pointed out a couple of things that were wrong with this bill. I mean, what is what does Ukraine have to do with immigration here in the United States? And why are we paying for the pensions of the Ukrainian uh, administration? Yeah, and you know, you know, to the point about the pension thing, and so a lot of people say, well, that's not actually in the legislation. Well, that and that's technically true. But the president of the United States said, and the Ukrainians can use this to pay for pensions. Which, you know, look, I mean, there's, we could talk a lot about sustaining Ukrainian government, how to do that and efficiently, and whether it should be a loan or something, but like, Writing a check for look, I mean that's this is you know don't get me wrong here. I'm look demonstrably there's a lot of corruption in Ukraine. The Ukrainian government would be the first people to tell you there's corruption in Ukraine. If you look at any analysis of any index of any assessment, they will tell you there's corruption in Ukraine. Throwing money at Ukraine doesn't help the Ukrainians, right? Because when you when you when you throw money and it gets in corruption, it just creates more corruption. And, and the, somehow that people say, well, there's pages of, of accountability. In this. Nobody believes that. We have a government that, that by its own accounting, had $168 billion in fraud in the COVID bill. And they want us to believe that they're going to efficiently spend money in a war zone. Yeah. I mean, it's just strange credulity. And yeah. the reality is right now is, is what's, what's, what's key is to get weapons to Ukraine so they can defend themselves. Yeah. I would say twenty five percent of the bill had anything to do with that. Mm. Yeah, Jim, we talked yesterday. We happened to have um, <clears throat> David Walker. You may remember David Walker, former Comptroller General sure. of the U.S. And you know, one of the things that we talked about, you know, for the United States to remain a military superpower, we got to remain a financial superpower. And this this is just another example of rubber stamping something without the safeguards, like you mentioned the pensions and all. But as I recall reading it. Basically, what twenty twenty five percent of the bill, President Biden doesn't have to, doesn't have to go to Congress. He just has a has the a slush fund. check, the yeah. slush fund to spend on whatever he right. wants. Is that, and you made such an important point. And this is you know, this is you know, and again, you know, I don't mind getting attacked. I get paid anyway. Um, but <laughs> our job is to keep America free and safe and prosperous. And you don't get credit for two out of three. And you can't do any of those without going three for three. We cannot be a military superpower that defends America's global interests and responsibilities if we are not fiscally responsible with our economy. And nobody can look me in the eye and say, we should trust Joe Biden on federal spending. I mean, this guy's trillions of dollars in debt. We have hyperinflation. We're probably headed for a recession. And and Joe Biden's answer to everything is to write more checks and, and do more taxes. We all know that that's not right. You know, that we, we can, look, even at the height of World War II, you know, where 50% of our economy went to funding the war, we didn't throw money at everything. You know, we had a strategy. 
was, you know, was called Defeat Germany First. And that wasn't just how we're going to win the war. That was also a, a benchmark on how to allocate resources to make sure that we got the most important things done first. This administration has given us no strategy. We have a na- we had, almost immediately on coming into office, we got a national gender strategy. <laughs> still don't have a national defense strategy. Yeah. Still don't have a national security strategy. Still don't have a strategy for how we're going to deal with Russia. And, and you know, if we had fought World War II this way, we would have bankrupted ourselves by 1942. Yeah, not to mention World War II. I mean, the Americans chose to invest in that war, you know, by by financing it, not just uh, not just paying for it through a journal entry at the at the Fed. What I think it was well, one of the. Thing, look, Go ahead, Jim. No, I mean, so look, Americans are supportive of of defending Ukraine, but you know, just like in World War II, they expect our government to act responsibly. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not a blank check to do whatever the heck you want. Right. I mean, and as you imagine, I mean, maybe we're a little skeptical after things like Afghanistan, where we, where we saw you know the disastrous performance administration of Afghanistan. So, can, can you forgive us for being critical of an administration who has been abysmally militarily? They've been the follower in chief on everything, including the Ukraine, and they've been completely physically irresponsible. And then when they throw a forty billion dollar uh, spending package out there that literally parachutes in overnight, and they want it signed. And then we're the people that get attacked and criticized. Yep. Hey, Jim. We're wanting some kind of sanity here. Jim, we're up against the clock. Real quickly, uh, what are you doing in Warsaw? Um, I'm talking to Europeans about how we're gonna how we're gonna deal with Russia in the, in the long term. So it's a it's it's a great uh, really great. And, and let me tell you, America does not have better friends than Poland. Hey, hey, Jim. Hey, Jim. And America as this, we are their partner. Hey, Jim, before you go, uh, talk to your old classmate today, Mark Gunnels. He said hello. Oh, man. You should, you should, can you call the FBI on him? (laughs) (laughs) He must be wanted somewhere for some criminal activity. Hey, Jim, we're up against the clock. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll do it again. Benny and I'll do it again tomorrow at 5. See you then. Bye bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.